You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. I hope you all are doing great. Brian, how are you, sir? Every day that I get to do the podcast, Jake, is a good day, so I'm great. That's what we like to hear. A lot to get to ahead on today's podcast. Utah, the running Utes, they get a rematch against Cal. Can they avoid the mistakes they made last time and continue their nice little surge here in hoops? We'll talk about that. We also need to talk a little bit about the wide receiver group. Our position review previews roll on with the wide receivers. Obviously, one big name leaving in Brian Thompson. We'll examine the other guys who might be able to step up in his stead and a whole lot more ahead on the show. Brian, who is bringing us today's podcast? Jake, today's show is brought to us by some of our favorites. The one that gets you going, Rock Auto. Mm -hmm. And the one that gets you paid, Bet Online AG. We're just missing one, and that's the one that gets you fed, but you know who that is. Yeah, so we'll touch on them on another day. I'm sure they'll be back on the rotation shortly, but nonetheless, let's have some fun. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 11th, 2021. Welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah athletics. My name is Jay Catch. His name is Brian Brown. We both work together at the Zone Sports Network, and we are your co-host tandem. We're bringing you everything you guys need to know about the Utes on a daily basis. Brian, what do we need the people to do overall when it comes to this podcast? Give us their money. Okay, that helps, yes. <laughs> uh, but... If you don't have, you know, disposable income to just throw around like, uh, you know, like a Rockefeller or a Vanderbilt. Sure. Go ahead and just hit that subscribe button on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. We did have some big news again for the Locked On Network in mm -hmm. terms of partnerships. So you will be able to find us coming up soon on more avenues. And, and this one specifically for our good friends over at the Locked On Today podcast, which you should also subscribe to. Yeah, absolutely. Entercom, uh, they are one of the big dogs when it comes to sports media. They operate multiple big-name sports radio stations. They're a, kind of an OG in the podcast sphere in many ways as well. They are now working with us on the Lockdown Podcast Network. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming on the pipe here on this network, and we couldn't be more excited to be part of it. But nonetheless, let's dig in to some of the topics at hand, Brian. Let's start off on the hardwoods. A huge rematch today for Larry Kraskoviak and his program. They take on the Cal Golden Bears, and this is a chance for redemption for just an abysmal loss a few weeks ago. That's that's the storyline for this game is can they get back what they gave away against Cal a few weeks ago? And we've talked a little bit about how that game was more than likely due to having some, some tired legs after sure. they played four in 10 days or, or however much that stretch was. And there I can understand that conversation, but the fact of the matter was is they played well enough the first half to beat this Cal team. They really just let them back into it. And I think this is a great game for them to both continue the trends that we've seen so far, elite defense, continuing to rebound, and then pushing the ball up the floor and getting those easy buckets at the rim in order to open up the offense further. And to keep, 
playing the entire game. Yeah. That, 40 minute stretches. That that that's a big key right there. It's just compete for 40 minutes. There's no doubt about that. You can't have a lull and allow Cal to come into this game and think that they're going to get another win over you. The good news is Cal comes in on a string of losses. Five straight losses coming in here. Uh, it's they're seven and fourteen on the season, two and twelve in conference play. Utah, in their own right, they're above five hundred, eight and seven on the year, five and six in conference play. I think the bigger picture on this is though the win over Colorado and the win over Arizona at least seem to indicate that Utah may have figured some things out and turned a figurative corner here, Brian, this season. Now. You need to go out and prove it against Cal because, as we talked about, it's a redemption story in this game. But if you want to prove to people that, yes, we may have turned a corner here with back-to-back big wins over the Buffaloes and the Wildcats, well, you cannot afford to go out and fall flat on your face against the Golden Bears. No, you can't. This is a game that you, you've now climbed and made your way up into the standings to where you are, I don't want to say a bubble team because that gives the impression that they're on the bubble for the NCAA tournament, <laughs> sure. but they are, they are continuing to rise in the standings. The net ranking that we talked about has continued to go up. They finished 69th in the Ken Palm rankings. Nice. But this team can no longer afford to have bad losses and they can't afford to just sh- sh- no show. And I think if we're projecting through the end of the season and beyond, a lot of what happens in terms of stability of the program will depend on games like this and what the outcome is. That is actually a very, very savvy point you make there because this is just one of those games that we thought when they faced off against Cal the first time, okay, that's a game you could that's the game you should win. That's the game that like you would almost guarantee that Utah would win it. And they ultimately lost it. It's one of two conference wins for Cal so far this season. Go out, take care of business, folks. I want to see Timmy Allen have a good game. I want to see Ryland Jones have a good game. Who would not love to see Alfonso Plummer go off, Pella Larson have a good showing? This should be a game that Utah hopefully goes out there, just controls it from the tip, and they end up running away with it, and they're sitting at 6-6 six and six in conference play. And like you mentioned, they're right back in the thick of things when it comes to the conference race. And and it's important because we talk as we talk about it. You've got to get better seating. I yes. think where you're at, you're just going to chase a very very difficult road in terms of opponents. In terms of opponents, I should say. But what what this team needs to do is they need to get some momentum early on. And I think, let me ask you this, Jake, because I think you probably know is is better, you know, as I do. Who do you think is the best team in the conference right now? Oof, man. Or even like the top four. <laughs> okay, that right there is a very interesting question because, I, I, okay, this year I thought the Pac-12 has had a little bit of a resurgent year as a conference overall because there have been some down years recently for this conference where it was like, how many teams are they actually going to get in the in the NCAA tournament just because they were just not good? But ugh, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pulling up the rankings, and we'll, we'll take a look at this. But if I'm being honest... I kind of get got to tip my cap, and I, this may be controversial. I would say that I would pick Mick Cronin's UCLA team as, as my pick for the best team in the conference currently, but I know many people out there would say, well, USC's ranked, Jake, so you got to pick the Trojans. Well, and, and USC just recently beat UCLA yes. head-to-head, but I don't know that that's necessarily – the problem with USC is that they are laden with talent, and Evan Mobley is going to be a top-five draft pick oh, this yeah. fall. It, it is very much a – prototypical Andy Enfield USC team 
where he's just gone out and, and bought the best, or I mean, recruited the best talent available. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, 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 don't spill the beans, dude. <laughs> sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. Cash rules everything around him, but <laughs> the bottom line is this, is that there's not a, a, a clear hierarchy because I think UCLA probably is the best team. They defend, they're tough, they're physical. I think if you're playing in a game with them in a tournament setting, they're probably going to win. I think that against a team like USC, Utah struggles because they're just out-athleted, right? Yeah. Same with o- o- Oregon. I think Colorado they match up pretty well with. But I think that's kind of like the, the hierarchy of the conference. There's not a clear number one like there has been in years past with Arizona and, and Oregon. But the other part of it, too, is the bottom of the conference and kind of the middle ground is really just jumbled up. Right. Like yeah. it's it's if you look at standings, it's USC, UCLA, Colorado, Oregon, Stanford, Arizona, Oregon State, Utah. But within those, you know, Stanford, Arizona, Oregon State, Utah, they're all a game apart. Yeah, there there are three tiers it looks like. Obviously, USC, UCLA, Colorado at the top. Then that middle tier as you're talking about, Utah's right in the mix with all those other teams, Oregon, Stanford, Arizona, Oregon State. And then the bottom tier, yeah, you got Washington State, Arizona State, Washington, and Cal. So there are three tiers here. The nice part is if Utah can rattle off some wins here, they could find themselves with an outside shot at getting as high as the number four seed going into the Pac-12 tournament. And that would be a marvelous accomplishment, all things considered, considering how bumpy this season has been for Utah. Yeah, and I'm not sure how accurate this – yeah, it is the 2021. Um, It looks like the fourth or the fifth seed do get a first-round bye, which is another critical part to this tournament. You don't want to have to win four straight games. And it's weird to think that Utah actually has the potential to win the Pac-12 tournament – but I think this of all year is the year where they really need to shoot their shot and try and get there, which makes this game against Cal all that much more important because it is kind of a gimme, right? Yeah, so I encourage you, everybody to watch that. It's going to be an interesting matchup as the Utes take on the Golden Bears. Four o'clock mountain time. And the nice part about some of these games, Brian, is they're early on, kind of early in the day, but you can get them out of the way and just have it as part of your afternoon. That, that's kind of the fun part. It's no longer with fans not able to go to these games. You can really just move times for tips, and it, it's fun. It's it's fun to see that. Yeah, if you have the kind of job where you can sit at home and, and watch a game at 4 p.m., it's great, right? Yeah, I'm lucky enough to have that, yes. <laughs> oh, Jake, <laughs> you have one of the best jobs. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I think uh, – you know, it's, it's, it shows that like the other part of it too, this is what I wanted to say. Um, these early start times show up on the East coast, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of critical. And I think that's part of the reason why we're starting to see the PAC 12 get a little bit more notoriety nationally. Yeah, so 4 o'clock Mountain Time on the Pac-12 Network. We'll recap this one t- uh, tomorrow on the podcast, let you know how everything goes, kind of give you our thoughts on it. Coming up here in just a minute, we'll turn our attention to the gridiron. Our position review previews continue with Utah's wide receiving core. An interesting discussion we need to get to, considering Brian Thompson is in the transfer portal and for all intents and purposes is no longer a Ute. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Before we do that, though, Brian, let's talk about rockauto.com. The place to go for your car and auto parts. There's just no argument about it. 20 years in business online, family owned, uh, all the parts that you need for your vehicle, customized, set up, ready to go. There's no questions asked. The site is easy to navigate. You go there, you pick what pump it is or what part it is. So if you need a fuel pump, 
Then you go you type in fuel pump, you make year model, boom, they're on your doorstep, ready to go. Yeah, it's real simple, guys. The best part is you can't have your mechanic order there and get a better price at rockauto.com. It's the same for everybody. As Brian mentioned, it's shipped directly to your door. Why pay up to potentially twice as much for the same parts for your car, truck, or SUV? Check it out now. You can go to rockauto.com. While you're there, make sure, and this is an important part of it, put locked on in the how did you hear about us box. That way they know that we sent you to check them out. That's Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. Brian, it is time for another position re- review preview. I'm already screwing that up. I, that's a fun word, but it, you can just really easy to, to screw it up. But what it is, is we're taking a look back at the position groups for each position group within the Utah football program and also taking a peek ahead to this fall and today we are talking about wide receivers the biggest I think storyline for this position group without a doubt is the departure of Brian Thompson and the return of Jalen Dixon Dixon provides a type of speed and a deep threat that the position didn't really have last year Thompson leaves is the second uh second highest participant on the field uh, in last year for 2020. So you're missing a lot of snaps and a lot of experience with him leaving, but you're also getting quite a bit back with Solomon Enos and Britton Covey and Devon Vele and Samson Nakua all returning. Yeah. So Brian, answer me this question with Brian Thompson, no longer in the program. He moves on here. Who do you anticipate ascending to the quote-unquote top dog of this position group? Who do you think is going to be the number one? Uh, honestly, I think the the guy who can emerge and really take that mantle is Samson Nakua, and that's going to surprise a lot of people. Okay. But it's because he has the size, he has the route-running ability. He is slight. That There's no doubt about that. But he's been durable in the past. Last year struggled a lot with what we think was a high ankle sprain. Who really knows because <laughs> Witt doesn't comment on injuries and none nope. of us got to go to practice. Yep. Um, so that that's the guy that I expect to be able to step in and, and be that elite receiver that, that Brian Thompson was to, to get a big gain, to make a play in crunch time. He's done it previously. He was a, a pretty highly targeted guy in 2019. I think that... Solomon Enos is, is reliable. He's an excellent possession receiver. He's a great number two. Those would be the two that I would expect to go on the outside along with Devon Vele. Uh, another guy that we don't really talk a lot about, and I, I, it's just I don't know how much you can really expect out of him, is, is T-Boney, Tyrone Young-Smith, um, injured last year. I know that he's still with the program and, and rehabbing. I just don't know if he's ever going to be able to see the field. This is like year seven for him. And good for him, man. Go get your PhD. He's got all of the measurables you want in a guy. 6'4", 205. He looks the part when he's out there. You, you're not kidding about that. And that, I do wonder in that regard about that. Okay, I, I do want to take a minute and talk about Britton Covey. Uh, very uh, he, a very interesting prospect, obviously. He, he's about as slight of a wide receiver, but is the heart as big as a, a, as you would find in a guy his size. I love watching Britton play, and when he is right, he is lightning in a bottle, and he completely revolutionizes and just changes how Utah's offense operates. My question for you, Brian, is how much more can you get out of Britton, or is he who he is going to be? 
It's a great question, Jake. I think we saw last year that, that he kind of was back to his old self, and we saw him very consistently in that five-game stretch that he continued to be more impactful with every game and, and be more confident and everything like that. The issue I have with that is that you don't want him to be your main guy for everything. He's got to be your change of pace. And I think that's where he does the best is being the explosive guy who can really make a play when you need one, who can get a post route and, and make a make a guy or two miss yeah. and get a touchdown out of it, who can take a little dump pass, 91 yards for a touchdown against Washington State. You know, his prior production is that there's nothing new that we can introduce and talk about with Britton Covey, right? We all know how you know, just fantastic he is. I don't know how he's found the ability to apparate, but good for him, man. <laughs> good, good, good use of the term apparate there. Uh, another guy I want to talk about because he is another smaller wide receiver, but he is returning to this program and he's expected to be a big part of this unit once he is back officially on the roster is Jalen Dixon, Brian. We all know that he has got the top end speed that very few guys on this roster, if anybody on this roster has. He has the ability to take the top off the defense defense and similar to what we just talked about with Britain he brings another element to this offense that I think they might have been lacking last season he does and with college football one of the most important statistics in terms of your offense production is the number and the amount of explosive plays explosive plays are defined as yards gained that are 15 plus uh, 15 yards or more would be a better way to say that but apparently English is my second language tonight <laughs> it's okay um he is a guy that can be super explosive. He can get three or four catches and have over a hundred yards. And that's something that I think Utah needs. When I'm looking at this offense, I look at it from this perspective. They're going to want to run the football. They're going to want to establish the run where they can make big gains is off of play action and off of getting those defenders to continue to creep up in the run game and then going over the top. And that's where I think Jalen Dixon can, can be very productive. It's where I think, Britton Covey can make some plays and you have got to find a way to involve those guys. Another guy that we probably should bring up at this point is money parks. Yeah. I was going to ask about money. Yeah. A very, very talented athlete, very productive wide receiver out of Texas only played in only made it on the field for two plays, really uh, the entire season. Um, in fact, Dylan Slavens, who just, you know, just received his scholarship on Monday, I think it was, uh, he played one more play than money. And, and that is because <laughs> okay. he doesn't, he didn't playing football at Utah is not just about being able to run a route. Yeah. It, it, you have to know the offense. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be out there blocking. And it took him some time to adapt to that, which we've seen it in the past with a lot of wide receivers at Utah. And so I think now with a full fall camp under his belt, he'll be going into spring ball. He'll get a full spring, hopefully fingers crossed uh, that should allow him to see the field a lot more in the fall. And now this makes this this group a lot more dynamic. Okay, so final thing here, Brian, is I think that we've just discussed a lot of names that Utah fans are familiar with. I am of the opinion that this group is going to take on a bigger role this coming season. I know the tight end unit is obviously going to take it take reps away from them. They're going to take catches away, especially in the case of Brant Keithy. But I am of the opinion, even with Brian Thompson leaving the program, you have Jalen Dixon rejoining the program, I'm of the opinion that this unit is more than capable of taking a step forward this fall. Do you share my thought on that? 100%, and it's really up to Andy Ludwig to make sure that they get the production out of this unit that they should have in the past two seasons, and that 
mostly, unfortunately, lies on the shoulders of the quarterback position. And I think that Utah is much better prepared this year to, to have a productive quarterback than they were last year. You, you can attribute it to the fact that they were playing football during a pandemic. Sure. Some of that I think is just the position was this, the 2020 team was not poised to be a championship contender all throughout, right? It was always a team that was going to be a developmental team and really realign things for 2021. And that's when Utah wanted to come back and explode. I think the fact that they were as productive and, and sound as they were was a bit of a surprise. Uh, but it's also a credit to the coaching staff. I think this particular group has a lot riding on it because like you said, there is a talented group of tight ends that can take their, take their catches and take their spots. If you don't have an outside wide receiver. So if Devon Vale doesn't step up and really start to develop, if Connor O'Toole isn't working his way into the lineup as a big outside type receiver, you're going to move Brand Keithy out there. You're going to move Dalton Kincaid out there. You're going to find ways to get your guys who can produce on the field. And so it's twofold with this group. One, they need to be productive. Two, they need to answer the call. That's actually a very, very good point there. I think we'll wrap it on that because there's a lot of there's a lot of promise with this unit, and I think that some Utah fans probably hear that a lot with this wide receiving core over the past few years. About hey, there's the potential there. They want to see him achieve that potential, and we'll just we got to wait and see. That's the truth of the matter. We've seen it at times. Yeah. In 2019, we saw it against USC a little bit. We saw it against Washington a little bit, but we need to see it for for a full season. Yeah, so we will see how everything shakes out. We'll continue on with these position review previews with the other position groups we have not touched on. So stay tuned for those over the coming days and weeks right here on the podcast. Brian, we're going to stick with the football theme of things. An interesting transfer portal target emerging that we'll discuss coming up here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag. What Brian and I love about BetOnline is it is fast and easy, and it takes all the guesswork out of betting, Brian. It just makes it real simple for you. It does, and they have everything there just listed for you, ready to go. Football might be over, but the NBA is still going. College basketball is available. NHL is all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. They give you real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. I even saw on Wednesday that Weber State was a 4-1 to uh, odd to win the FCS National Championship. So they're really throwing out odds for everything right now. How much money did you put on the Wildcats, Brian? I can't tell you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But take advantage of it, guys. Go to betonline.ag. Take advantage of their offer. They still are offering their welcome bonus, 50% when you use the promo code Locked On when you make that first deposit at betonline.ag. Take advantage of that, guys. So just do the math. You deposit 10 bucks, you're going to have 15 bucks to work with. It is a great offer courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. So take advantage of it now. Once again, promo code locked on when you go to betonline.ag. It's all courtesy of betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Brian, the NCAA transfer portal obviously holds intrigue for football fans across the country, and Utah is no different, and maybe even holds a little more intrigue if you're a Utah football fan, especially how active in the transfer portal market Utah has been, and it appears that another option has emerged, and it's another big name. And it's from my school that Utah has already pulled one transfer from, which I think contributes to some of the 
conversation around this particular transfer. There's also a little tidbit that I think is lesser known in regards to this specific prospect. Who is it, Jake? Uh, One, Brendan Radley-Hiles. You may know him as Bookie Radley-Hiles, the cornerback transferring out of the University of Oklahoma. And if for those who are dyed in the wool Utah fans, you may remember another Radley playing at the University of Utah. That would be Lucky Radley. Mm-hmm. This is his half brother. He played at, uh, at IMG Academy out of Bradenton, Florida. Very highly rated prospect. He's coming out as a junior, 5'10, 183. Uh, a guy that Oklahoma is, I think, somewhat disappointed to lose. He he did have some issues. We need to be upfront with it. No off the field stuff, sure. but on the field, he was a bit of a hothead. Missed some tackles. Was not always disciplined in, in his technique. But he is an incredible athlete. He's the kind of guy that when you go to an, an elite eleven or the opening from Nike, and everybody is there. That are all these great recruits from across the country. He's one of those guys that will stand out on the field with how instinctive, how athletic, and how impressive he is. He's a cornerback, too, and this is CBU now at the University of Utah. So there are a lot of reasons why this would line up. Yeah, see, and that's the funny thing about it. When you mentioned this to me, I would have never put together the two Radleys were, were related, but I probably should have done that. That's the thing. So this is an interesting prospect for Utah because, I have seen uh, Bookie play, obviously, at the University of Oklahoma. I also remember him as a prospect coming out of the high school ranks. This kid has a lot of talent. And the matter uh, that we have before us with regards to him is if he were to come to Utah, can this coaching staff pull the extra, I guess, 10 or 20% out of him that he has not been able to pull out of himself while he's been a Sooner? And that's where I think Utah feels comfortable taking a risk on a kid like this who has the talent and ability is they're confident in their program and their culture to apply to whatever it is that this kid is dealing with, to support him, to nurture him, to grow him out of whatever bad habits he's into and to make him a productive player on the field. If Utah becomes rehab you for a lot of these kind of guys, that's only a positive for Utah. Right. And this is the kind of, I guess chance you can take on a guy that may or may not pan out because you already have dudes within the program. If it doesn't work, you just cut him loose and you you don't actually cut him, but you say (laughs) you're never going to play here. So do it with that, what you want. And kids usually get the point and transfer. It's very, very rare that a kid gets told, Hey, you're never going to play. And they stick around just to be a butt. So it, 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 look, it might happen. Who knows? I don't want to be the guy who says it never happens and it happens for the first time. But all those reasons point to why this is a worthy inquiry if the University of Utah really is talking to him. This is all source-based stuff. We don't have anything confirmed, you or I, yet. But it does make a lot of sense. The interesting part about it, though, is that we've talked about how Utah's out of initials. Mm-hmm. So this would technically be an interesting scenario like that. Would he be a walk-on maybe? Or would he, you know, end up transferring after the spring period and come in in the summer and be eligible to be a push forward? That's the stuff that we don't really know right now. We also don't know what programs are going to start making a heavy push for him. Uh, That always plays into it as well. Yeah, so it will be interesting. But this, I think, 
this is my gut feeling is you take the opportunity and see what you can get out of this young man. He has oodles and oodles of talent, and I would love to see Utah get an opportunity to work with a player of his caliber and see what they can do with him. All right, Brian, wrapping things up here. Dispense upon our listeners a tidbit of wisdom, if you will. He who standeth on toilet gets high on pot. Oh, very nice. Look at that. Look, you, you're a regular old Confucius. I like it. <laughs> like Yogi Berra. <laughs> there we go. All right. A big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every day. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Utes. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC. You can follow myself at Jacob C. Hatch. Love talking with you guys every single day. So make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button and join us tomorrow on the podcast. Enjoy whatever's left of your day. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for February 11th, 2021. And we we will talk to you guys tomorrow.